All right, welcome back everybody from spring break. Yeah. Going back to the Thursday night ministry meet series. Yeah. We're gonna get where there's more Christ to be ministered the rest of this semester. I don't know how many weeks we have left. Six, then plus two. Okay, we can get maybe squeeze eight weeks of Christ. Last eight weeks. Can I get an amen or a that's right or a, I, yes, I hope so. Okay. Um, what have we been getting into this semester? Okay, let me get, R and C. We've been getting into reality and community. At least 50,000 people on this campus, billions of people on the earth, every single person on this campus needs reality and community. And community. And we, need, we need reality and community. The way God made us, we need reality. Reality is found in Jesus. You know, I, we were talking yesterday. He was like, man, what about, look about everyone says, how do you know the stars aren't real? I'm like, dude, you're probably not even looking at a star. You're looking at light that came billions of years ago from something that's disintegrated. <laughs> but Jesus is real. <laughs> anyway, Jesus is the real, real one. He's reality. When we have him, we, our lives, our days, our ups, our downs are full of reality. And we're made, we're made in this wonderful way. We need to live in and with a, a community. Um, Jesus is our reality. Our, what is our community? That's right. It's, it's, it's the body. It's the body life. It's the church life. It's the house to house, day by day. Where does reality and community converge? In the homes. House to house, day by day, continuing steadfastly. Okay, so we're continuing in this line of reality and community for God's eternal purpose. We want to be in it. We want to bring people into it, the only real reality and community. Uh, so we're going to talk more about it. Uh, the title tonight, let's all read it. Again, follow up. I had never heard that term until I came to Austin. <laughs> but you know what follow up is? Do you know why any of us are here tonight? Yes, yeah, someone has followed up with you. You weren't just born as a baby and left. Your mother, your father, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your cousin, your aunts, your uncles, your grandpas and grandmas, they followed up with you, got you a pretty good education. That's to be top 10% or top 7% and make it into UT. Uh, you've been followed up uh, with Christian brothers and Christian sisters, pastors, friends, companions throughout the years. And you know who else has never stopped following up with you? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's, he's, he's the one who follows up. He can't not follow up. He draws us, and we're like, Lord Jesus, I want you. And he's following up behind us too, okay? So the subject is follow up. Um, who knows uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20? Can someone stand up and say it? Is, well, I'll help you. It's the GC. Go therefore and disciple the nations. All the nations. Baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all the commandments and teaching them and, and all my commandments. And behold, I'm with you all the days. As we're in the, the GC, the Great Commission, God is with us all the days. Okay? There's four verbs. What's the first one? Go. Say it. There you go. Baptize. 
and teach. When we're in this, he is intensely with us. God with us. Okay, now only one of these four is what's called an imperative. An imperative is like an authoritative, authoritative command, like, do this. Which one is it? Yeah, okay, so who says go? Everyone has to raise your hand. Hi. Go, okay, who says disciple? Who says baptize? Got any teach? Teach? Okay. It's disciple. I know, I know, because we even have the shirts, the Seesaw shirts that say go. Let's see what time we started here. Okay. Go. Um, so the rest are actually what are called imperative. They're command by association because they're in the same sentence. So everything is for discipling. God is saying, go while you're going. And then this is the authoritative imperative command. Make disciples. Baptizing. While you're going, baptizing many into the triune God. And teaching them in all my ways. All to what? It's disciple or make disciples. So the Great Commission, I was like, the, imp the, the imperative and the others that are imperative by being associated with it is make disciples. And I always thought, I just go. Like, I got to go to Zimbabwe. I got to go to Asia. got to go to the islands. And we do have to go. We have to go because when the Lord is with us, we will, you'll go all sorts of places. You'll, you won't even just go to class. You'll go to class when we're in this, okay? But the imperative, it's that you would make followers of Jesus. Go and make people who live as kingdom people, people who follow Jesus, a disciple, a disciple. So that's where follow-up comes in. Follow-up, now see, see at the top, it says definition, and I left that blank. So I, if everyone has a pen, I hope you do, or you, or you can look on with someone or borrow a pen. I'm going to write this definition next to follow-up, under follow-up definition. Follow-up, ready, is the parental care. Follow-up is the parental care given to new or young believers. Follow-up is the parental care given to new or young believers. In order, don't put your pen down, to bring them, in order to bring them, see, I'm not done, so we'll have a little more, um, to bring them to spiritual growth and, oh, this is good, fruitfulness. Follow-up is the parental care that's given to new or young believers. It's not okay in God's eyes, the, the one who follows up, just to have many babies born of God, Christians, as babies, but no one follows up. This is a travesty when a baby wouldn't have any follow-up. So young believers, in order to bring them to spiritual growth and fruitfulness. Okay, where do we see this? The Bible. Let's read the two verses under that. First Thessalonians 2.7 and then 11 and 12. Just as you know how we were to each one of you as a father to his own children, exhorting you and consoling you and testifying so that you might walk in a manner worthy of God. Okay, this is Paul. He's writing to a young church, really young believers. And he says, 
remember how I was when I was with you. We were gentle in your midst. I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm Paul, but I was like a nursing mother. I was so gentle with you. Do you remember? You, you needed milk. I gave you milk. You had, you had tantrums. I, I bounced you on my knee. You know, think of all the things. I mean, Lord have mercy, all the things our mothers have done for us. Dirty diapers, dirty soccer jerseys, dirty plates, dirty mouths. Parenting is dirty. It's dirty. <laughs> right, Chris? I, <laughs> there's a lot involved. It's, it's detailed. So Paul says, as a nursing mother. And then in verse 11, he says, as a father. So this is parental care, as a father and as a mother. A father that gives his, his own children exhortation. That's something done in love. You exhort your children out of love because it matters to you that they grow, that they become noble citizens, uh, that they become spiritually grown and fruitful. Okay, so that you may walk like this, that you may walk in a manner worthy of God. Every spiritual, when, we, when you have a, a classmate or a friend or a, a family member that becomes a new believer, we should, man, they need to be followed up with until so they can have a walk that's worthy. They can walk in a worthy manner and learn how to be fed, learn how to grow, learn all. There's a lot of teaching, a lot of bap- going, going and going and going to them. That's the follow up. Okay. All right. So that's the definition we got. Um, follow up, and you see, it is indeed, it's actually a life imparted into another person. Parents impart another, their own life into their baby. Okay? So what could cause us to do something so intensely detailed, inconvenient, to help another person like, with like follow up? Um, what's the basis for that? What would cause us to do that? Um, let's, let's read First uh, Thessalonians 2.8 under basis. You see that? They're not only import, imparting the gospel, but every time they got with that new believer, they were imparting their very soul into them. They weren't holding back. They weren't just giving a little. They were giving everything for that baby, those spiritual babies. This is Paul speaking. But why? Because you became beloved to us. If we don't, if we don't love someone... I mean, and tonight, I'm not even going to talk about methods of follow-up if you thought I was, like how to help someone in all these practical things. Because we could have a lot of methods, but if we don't love someone, it doesn't, it's not going to matter. But if we have love, it doesn't matter if you know how to be a mom or not. You're going to be an awesome mom. Okay? Um, now, write this next to basis. The basis of follow-up. Basis, right? Having a heart of love. To care for people. The basis, it doesn't matter your skills, if you've gone to mommy coaching classes, how to be a dad, how, what your 401k is, if you have a college fund, if you have a heart to care for that child, that is the basis to follow up. Okay? Y'all got that? Okay, so, whew. 
Um, you see there's a blank. I'm, we're going we're gonna to do some drawing if you have a pen. So we're in a tough spot. The, we have the Great Commission. We know the Lord when he'll, you know, we're going to meet the Lord at the, the judgment seat. And at the commission, how did you make disciples? How did you, did you go? Did you baptize? Did you teach them? Did you care for them? Um, but then on the other hand, it's, well, let me just draw what, what often is the case according to the Bible. Okay, this is, this is us. Um, I'm going to write a few verses. All right. These are verses that talk about what men will be like in the last days. 2 Timothy 3.2 says, they will be, in the last days, men will be lovers of self. Self. Matthew 24.12 says, because lawlessness will be multiplied, just lawlessness here in, in this age gets multiplied, the love of the many will grow cold. Love for God and love for man. Anyway, this is, love grows, it, it, love cools. Anyway, I, none of us are impervious to this. I was at the grocery store at HEB and I was doing something on my phone and the cashier was trying to talk to me this week. And I just, oh yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Um, and she was trying to get my attention. I never even gave her my attention. I walked out and the Lord's like, why do you even need to go to the grocery store? It's not to get cauliflower. It's because it's people are there. I'm intensely interested in people. I have a heart for man. No other created being can contain my image, my life, have my authority. I'm so interested in man. It's my interest. It's my hobby. And, but I, the love of this age, I mean, the, the lawlessness of the age, just being in it, and I, at least I know in, in my experience, my love towards God and man grows cold. How much time I'll give them, how much of my, my face I'll give them, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I was, and I was walking out and I was just like, Lord, what kind of heart do you have for man? And I was thinking about this message because I'm preparing it. We can talk a lot about follow-up, but it comes down to this, this matter of heart. And, and okay, right now you may be like, your face may be dropping like, like mine. You're like, oh, because... I want to be honest, I don't have that much heart for people. That's okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, so the center of this, this little universe is the self. And I was listening to this really cool uh, psychological research this week. And they, anyway, never mind, I won't get into that yet. Um, so yeah, this is where we are. And it's like, okay, well, I'm the center of my, Anyway, I'm good at loving myself. It's the one person I've never stopped following up with. Are you hungry? Are you tired? Do you want to watch a movie? I've, I've been very faithful. Okay? So it's like, what do we do? You have the Great Commission. I'm just going to write down some verses. You can write them down. I'm not just the reference. Song of Songs. This is a book on how a Christian grows and matures. In the first chapter, the very beginning, it says, you, wanna, you love me? Okay, you want to grow? You want to get out of the initial stage of a believer? Pick up some young goats. Take them to the church as the shepherd's tent. Just get some goats. Just take them with you. Take them with you and let them do what you're doing. And that, having spiritual offspring, helps us immensely grow. Okay, another is uh, Matthew 
4.19. This is the Lord saying, I will make you fishers of men. He's like, Lord, I can't be a fisher of men. I, I don't care about men. He's like, it's okay. I will make you. I'll do it. This is my promise. This is my word. Isn't that awesome? There's hope. So no one, no one disqualify yourself yet. I mean, I should, and I'm giving this message. Okay, another, another encouragement. 2 Corinthians 8.16. Paul says he has this deep concern for a member, and he says the, the concern for him that was in me has been put into, I think it was Titus. That mean, that's awesome. That means concern. Like, I don't have any concern for that person, but we, we can receive it. It can be put into us. So there's hope for change from this, this situation that, that we're in. And the psychological research um, that I was reading, I thought it was cool. It, just, it's, it had this phrase, um, a perpetual cycle of self-defeat. So that's why I did an arrow for a cycle. Um, and it comes from just having standards and unattainable standards of perfection that come from all everything we take in, social media, what we see, what we see others doing around us, where we see them drinking, where we see them eating, what we see them doing. You're only 25 and you have, you have that? Oh, man. And it puts us in a, a perpetual cycle of self-defeat um, where, where the self is the center. You're like, man, I got to get myself better. And even Christians, we really have this. It's called trying to be good, trying to be a better Christian. We have this standard. We see others. Oh, they're older than me. I could just do it like that and we get stuck in this cycle a downward trend downward cycle of perpetual self-defeat that's no bueno we don't want to be in that and the good news is we don't have to be in we can be in that all our days okay um how how do we get out of this that we sometimes fall into i probably fall into more Community, yes. Reality, yes. Okay. I'm. Okay. Very good. Okay. We're gonna touch two things here. Um, okay. This is John, twenty-one fifteen. Okay. Um, does anyone know what happens in John twenty-one? Okay, we're okay on time. Um, what happens? Give us a gist, bro. Yes. Yes. So background, Peter's had some failures. Have any of us had some failures? You're ashamed. You, you left the Lord's commission, which Peter was given, and you shrank back to what you did before. You're out there. You're not even doing good at it. You're like, man, at least I could be making millions, but I'm broke. Got no fish for the whole night. The Lord comes. He says, cast, hey, cast the net on the other side. And what happens? 153 big ones. And they're like, it's the Lord. And Peter just so ashamed. Oh my goodness, it's the Lord. He just plunges into the water, swims ashore. What did, what did Jesus do there at the shore? Peter, I've been finally waiting. I had to resur resurrect and I've been waiting for a long time to like slap you on the wrist. He says, uh, come have breakfast. He made breakfast for them, for the brothers. And then Peter, he does something awesome. He restores Peter's love. Formerly, Peter loved the Lord out of his own enthusiasm. Now, the Lord was in it. He says, Peter, do you love me? And he asks him three times. 
I mean, you just denied the Lord three times, and now the Lord's asking you, do you love me? Three times. Lord, you know that I love you. And then the Lord responds all three times. Feed my lambs. Shepherd my sheep. Feed my sheep. If you love me, so the Lord, so he restores our love. And we need to realize that from right now. A principle you need to never forget your entire Christian life. Write it down. Make a screensaver. Do not look at yourself. Our love for man does not come from us. It's nowhere to be found. We'll x-ray everyone tonight and we won't find it. But it's in Jesus. And when he restores our love to him, we instantaneously have love for man. This self gets knocked out of the center, okay? So let, this is let, let him, all right, love you. How nice, huh? Let him love you. Let the Lord love you. That, that is a, if we don't touch this secret, we will not be in the Great Commission. Okay. Another, now, love, what is it? Uh, love. And this is, okay, the, the verses we just read, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 and 11. What do you, do you see anything there? So why, why, why did Paul love them like parents? Because he imparted, he said, I've even poured out my own soul into you. A parent gives their own life to their child. You, don't, you know, you don't have to teach a parent to, to go to their kids' soccer games. My, my parents went to a lot of my basketball games, soccer games. But when I was sick, they wouldn't go. Like, Mom, don't you want to see the rest of my team? Support the team. Come on. Bring the juice boxes. It's, Yeah. Um, they love it. you just became beloved to them their life they look at you and see their DNA they can't help but love you okay if that means if you minister Christ to someone which raise your hand in here if you can minister Christ to another human being that's everyone everyone you will I'm just telling you you will you'll find that you had someone that gets into your heart there's this awesome verse uh, 2 Corinthians 3 3 Paul says to the believers, you're, you guys are letters of Christ. The believers, you're like a letter of Christ, ministered by us with the Spirit. He goes, in Paul's mind, he was writing Christ into them. Every time he's with them, oh, look, guess what I enjoy today? Hear this one verse, Julian. You ever done that with someone? Just giving them one verse? Yeah, bro. And you write Christ onto them. And what happens, Paul realized, is as you're tattooing spiritual ink onto their heart, they are being written onto your heart. And before you know it, you're like, I'm thinking about them. <laughs> I love that person. Okay, let me give you a little testimony. I was in college my second year, and up to that point, the last five or six years of my life, it was nothing but this. I had, I had, I had said I wanted to be a, a college athlete. That was pretty much the only goal I had to, to, to be a co collegiate athlete, and I was doing it. I was in college as an athlete, and doing exactly the only thing I'd, I'd wanted to do. Um, but, I mean, if you ask my parents, my family, like, they all know, like, if you open Josh's heart, there's, there's a basketball inside. It, you can hear, bum, 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 bum. It's a basketball. 
I'm serious. That was all. It was that and me all day long, 24-7. Okay? Um, and I was, I was miserable. I'm just going to call it. I was miserable. Miserable. I, I acted like I was happy all the time, like probably close to 50,000 people on this campus are forced to do. But inwardly, miserable, empty, didn't have reality and community. Um, somehow, through a friend that gets saved, I get invited and I meet some brothers. Isn't that cool? And a brother starts taking me out every week. He just, hey, what's your name? I've never seen you here. You look like you need help. <laughs> and I did. And he started taking me out for the next year. We, I never missed a Thursday night dinner with him at Chili's Baby Back Ribs. Can you believe that? That was follow up. And so, sorry. We, <laughs> so, um, dude, so he'd get at the table and I'd be like, what would he do the first hour? It was me and these other brothers all who were just beginning to love the Lord. And he just talked with us, hear what's going on. Like what, there wasn't memes back then, but it's like, what are, what are kids talking about? What, how, how's LeBron doing? You know? <laughs> I was going to make a LeBron joke. <laughs> um, he just, he wanted to know it all. And by the end of it, by the, by the time that hour was up, we're like, this guy loves us. He loves us. I don't care what he says after this. As soon as he starts talking about the Bible, I'm going to listen. I want it. I want to be like him. That was real follow-up. He had a heart for us. He was loving the Lord and loving man. So this is let the Lord Love man, how do I say? Let him love others through you. Let the Lord love man through you. Okay? Do you believe that can happen? The more that cycle happens, loving the Lord, and just our trajectory, no one's trajectory is straight up. Okay? But trust me, we all have hope. The more we're in loving the Lord and letting the Lord love man through us. Okay. We're going to have a different circle. And, let me, and this is a circle I experienced one day. I was at a workout, and I, just, I worked out every single day. That's what I did. It was such a waste of time. Not a waste of time, sorry. But I used way more time than I needed to. Um, and I was at this workout, and my workout buddy, he's like, dude, what's wrong with you today? And I'm like, what do you mean? And I just realized I was a step slow in every drill. I was, anyway, not hidden. And... And I realized after, I'm like, you know what I was thinking about the whole time we were, we were doing drills today? A few weeks ago, this brother Dave and I, we started praying for our friends. And one of his atheist friends, Harrison, came to a home meeting and got saved. And it was like, woo! It was like such joy. It was like, that can happen? I, I'd never seen that happen in my life. And now we're like, we need to follow up with him. What do we do? And that night, we were going to be getting with this brother at Chili's, and we were going to get into John 6. And we'd never read John 6. We're like, man, we're getting into John 6 tonight. <laughs> and we just knew. He told us it was about the bread of life. We're like, man. And Dave and I were praying, like, Lord, cause Harrison to be someone who knows you as the bread of life. Amen. And we were praying, Lord, cause him to eat you and grow. And we just got into this same cycle ourselves. But... That was probably the first time I could look back in my life and be like, man, someone besides myself was in my heart. And it felt so good. I was like, he's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, man, what's wrong with you? Who, you should have someone in your heart. This is incredible. 
I'm going to minister Christ to them tonight at Chili's. You should come. So this one, uh, this, this, this has something other than itself. It has definitely some Christ. This is an upward trend, okay? Christ, man. I'm talking not just man, like mankind is in my heart. I'm talking about like names. Like Jeremiah is in my heart. Man, Jared. Lord, Jared. You're just walking to class. Lord, that time I, 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 I shared with Jared and he lit up. Lord, where's Jared again? So this, this, this heart, okay? Do you guys see how the, the, the tipping point is kind of the heart? If we have the heart, anyway, if, it, with love, nothing is impossible. That's 1 Corinthians 13. Love is unlimited in its capacity. Love is God in Christ and in us. It hopes all things. It believes all things. It endures all things. Um, I just... Anyway, I don't want to, I want to just tell more stories uh, about, there's, anyway, some examples. Listen to this. I want, I want to read some examples. Um, okay, here, listen. There, this is a brother, Christian brother, who's very, known very well for preaching, having a heart for man. Some who went on the Hawaii trip, and I, I listened to this audio called A Heart for Man in college by him. And he, he would speak about having a heart for man. And he actually preached the gospel to my dad. And that's how my dad got saved. So, I mean, yeah, I'm very thankful for this brother who had a heart for man. And I just wrote down some quotes from that audio. Listen to this. Uh, he says, to love man through the Lord is the sweetest experience in the entire universe. To love man through the Lord is the sweetest experience in the entire universe. Um, and, you know, even I love this one. He says, the joy of touching and caring for man became so great to me that I forgot about even trying to be good. Imagine a Christian could forget about trying to be good. He's like, oh, yeah, last month I haven't even tried to be good. Have I been good? If you have babies in your hands, you will be, you'll be in the, you'll be awesome. <laughs> You'll be, doing, you'll be doing well. Okay. And, yeah. Um, I want to read some, some really touching um, parts, little stories from some Western missionaries back in the 18 and 1900s who went to different parts of the earth. I think the one specifically I'm reading about, ones who went to, to China, 1800s and 1900s, to this foreign land of people who do everything backwards from what we do in the West. Yet there were some people willing to give up everything to go and... Love them. Go and love them in the Lord. Uh, this is about, is, this is kind of showing, if we have a heart, nothing can stop love. Nothing can stop love. The hardest sinner, the staunchest atheist, will be melted by love. Um, this is one about who is grinding, I call it grinding the grain mill. So, in the 1800s in China's, uh, they would... Uh, Whenever they saw the Western missionaries come, they didn't like them. They would sound these gongs, and everyone would run inside their houses, shut their gates, and everyone would like, wait till they leave. And the, the missionaries, they just would wait by the door. One hour, two hour, three hour, four hours. Door open, and they'd stick their foot inside. And it's the little kid, and he, and he just forces his way in. And the kid starts hitting him with sticks and stones, throwing stuff at him. And in every one of these little... Um, 
patio areas, they had a grinding mill, and if you didn't have money to have a mule, you did it, by, you did it manually. So they would just run inside, find the, the grain mule, pick it up, and start grinding. Literally, grinding. <laughs> they were just, and they would grind and grind and grind until, listen to this, this changed the entire atmosphere. The family would go away to do other things, leaving this foreign devil to do the grinding. After several hours, the family would go away to do other things. Oh, wait. After, after several hours, the, the family's heart would get so touched. Wait, okay, I'm skipping. After several hours, the mother would send one of the boys to take him a cup of water. Huh. It was in this way that the heart of the family was touched and the door of the gospel was opened to him. What a burden this missionary bore. And what an interest he had in people. He couldn't be stopped. 24 hours he'd wait at the door probably. This was the way that the Lord opened the doors in, in, in a backwards country that had never heard of Jesus. Listen to this other one. This is about a soybean peddler being saved. All right? So there's these missionaries, the people wouldn't rent houses to them. They wouldn't rent, give them, no, you're, no, you're Caucasian, get out of here. No, you're Christian. So they lived under a, uh, it was a bridge, it was called a, an underpass. These missionaries were living under an underpass, and every day they'd see a, a soybean peddler selling soybean cakes, and he'd come down and leave his, his little cart and go do other things. They'd run down, they'd take some soybean cakes, and leave much more money than they cost. And the peddler was like, huh. And he kept coming back to that spot. Listen to this. Finally, the peddler waited to see who was buying his cakes. This went by morning after morning for a long time. He and the missionary made contact, and the peddler was saved. Under no situation should we say that there is no way. It all together depends upon the kind of heart we have. Can you imagine that? One last little thing from here. Um, from this account, we can see what touches people's hearts, what kind of burden we need to bear. Today, we are not in ancient, exclusive China. We are in modern America. However, this modern country has its modern demons to keep people away from the Lord. To be sure, we need to pray for people, but there is also the need for genuine care for their souls. Follow-up. If we have the heart to care, we will have a way. Love can do everything. There is nothing impossible with love. Okay, we need to, we need to wrap up. The, um, obviously, you, see, you just see these, these patterns in these stories, I think, really bring out the points. Um, we've been reading Acts. I just, I've been loving seeing these, these follow-up examples in the book of Acts. Can we just read, have the brothers read four, uh, Acts 14, 21 and 22? And when they had announced the gospel to that city, Okay, do you see it? So first they announced the gospel. They had babies, like, see you, actually we'll never see you again. No, they followed up because their heart was there. So it says they returned. What? Establishing the souls of the disciples. Do you know our soul needs to be established? 
Does anyone's emotions ever need to be established, grounded? Anyone's mind ever run? You need establishing? How about our decisions? Do we need some help? The, the disciples, they're such young believers. We need to go and establish their souls. They returned. They returned. That is to return in follow-up, okay? Uh, how about the girls? You read Acts 15, 35 to 36. What? Let us what? Let us return. Okay, keep going. And see how they are doing. Man, we just got to see how they're doing. I don't know. Are, are, they, are, they, are they reading the Bible? Are they fellowshipping? Are they, did they leave my, my teaching? Man, I just want to see how they're doing. Let us return and visit them again and again and again. Minister something more. They need something more ministered, need more fellowship, more follow-up. Isn't this awesome? So this is the Paul. Okay, we're almost done. And this is kind of shows the heart of Paul. Acts 20. Uh, how about the, uh, all together read 20, 18 through 20. See, he was, he was teaching publicly, but from house to house. He, he's been to your apartment. He's been to your dorm. He's, he's taught you. He's, he's, he's hung out with you. He's, uh, do you remember how I was with you all the time? Do you remember that? Just remember it, serving you in a haughty way. No, as a slave, I always came under you. I never came like I know more. With all humility and tears. Okay. Acts 20, 31, this is amazing. Therefore, watch, remembering that for three years, night and day, this is, you just see some of the price, the inconvenience, the tears that it may take to follow up, but the joy is worth it. The joy of this kind of life, being in the GC. Therefore, watch, remembering that for three years, night and day, I did not cease admonishing each one. You and you. I spent one-on-one -on -one time with you. I know your situation. I think about you. I pray about you with tears. I wish, yeah, I wish you were, we're out of time. Um, last two practical principles I just want to say um, before we do something in a group. Just two practical principles. Um, this is, so we need to be in this, but the principle is a few. A mother can't have, I mean, it's an anomaly to have eight children in a year or even two children. One a year, right? So when, when the Lord in Luke 6 appointed the disciples, he, after all his ministry, he just appointed a handful, 12. Or two handfuls. <laughs> okay, a few, and the other is together, in your community, with your community, with your, if it's alone, it's hard to be a, a, a mother alone. Uh, but together, it's, I think we will be in the Great Commission for God's eternal purpose, and we'll be the happiest people. All right, let's stop there. What should we do for maybe five minutes, or just four to five minutes? Maybe 
with each other. Talk about, uh, I had something earlier. I don't know, I guess we could just talk about the message and just consider these things. Oh, I want to, I know not everyone here is doing the summer internship, but especially if, if you're the next ones who aren't doing the summer internship, you need to realize, firstly, you're still an intern. You're a branch. And you're part of the corporate, you know, family. So talk about how we can be in this even if we're not here physically. Some are only going to be here one or two weeks out of the summer. Can we do that? And feel free to fellowship. And then we'll have some time for overflow. How about that?